Mommy. Mommy, what's for dinner? What's for Mommy. dinner? What's for dinner? Mommy! What's for dinner? This is not a dream. Not a dream. We are using your brain's electrical system as a receiver. We are unable to transmit through conscious neural interference. You are receiving this podcast as a dream. We are transmitting from the year 2013. You are receiving this podcast in order to alter the events you are hearing. Our technology has not developed a transmitter strong enough to reach your conscious state of awareness, but this is not a dream. You are hearing what is actually occurring for the purpose of causality violation. As a result of these events, you are warned of the following possibilities occurring. Adult language, mature situations, carnivorous insects, a band of murderous schizoid residentially challenged, bicycle impalement, forced labor coercion, Shasta squirtings, and Alice Cooper, you have been advised. Spark and Movie Review, Episode 82. Unlike Tuscan Raiders, hobos do not travel in single file to hide their numbers. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Spark and Movie Review, some podcast providing information and reviews about kinetically enhanced narratives. I'm your host, Zahn, saying what's up. Yes, we're back for another fun-filled episode, and we have a guest host, someone who's interesting, cool, who's part of my gaming group, but more importantly than that, he is the cinematographer, cameraman, and also promoter for www.haywireseries.com. Thanks for having me. And your name? Or should we call you that guy? <laughs> I'm going to be uh, Lufane. Lufane? Or you can just call you Lou. <laughs> or you can just call me Lou. You can call him Lou. You can call him Lufane. You can call him Louis. You can call him whatever you want. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, finally got you on. Been trying to get you on for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Life gets in the way sometimes. Yep. And now the next thing that the crazy people are going to be worried about is I don't know what. But before I forget, if you want to listen to any of our earlier rantings or information, you can check us out at www.spirekin.com. 
You can email me at spirekin at gmail.com or zanspirekin.com. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Bebo, which no one uses, we're on Google+. And if you want to buy any of the movies or mangas or books or games that we have used, check out our store, www.amazon.com forward slash shops forward slash Spirekin. All the money from that goes back into the podcast so I can get another, yes, another mic stand. Because I got one, a little one, a dinky one, but... Again, we digress, and I need more mics, because right now I have this one, that one, and then that little shit one right there. Oh, wow. Oh, the the old-timey desk, uh, the desk ones? Uh, yes, which does nothing. I put they, it in there, and it's crackly as all hell. Okay, the, the, is, it, is it even USB, or is it is it eighth-inch? No, it's an eighth-inch, which I put in there, and that little... Oh, tool. man. Yep, oh, that's the a little soundboard there, yeah. So, if they want to check you out, where can they find you? Well, if you're interested in horror sci-fi web series, it's uh, haywireseries.com. Yeah, it's an interesting show. I guess uh, some people kind of say it's it. They re- it reminds them of uh, a cross between uh, the Crazies and Groundhog's Day. Mm-hmm. So yeah, check it out. It's homegrown. We uh, shoot it here in Orange County, and uh, you know, as far as web series go. We are up to, we are creeping close to the three quarters of a million view mark. So That is really cool. And it's, it's, I really like the show. I mean, I, I can't see where you're going with it. I like that it's like kind of like most shows you're like, okay, this is going to happen here. Next is this. But now it's like, wait, what the fuck? Uh, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad that you can't see where you're going, where, where we're going with it because we don't know where we're going with it. <laughs> hey, that's the way, that's the best way to yeah. do it where you keep us guessing as much as they do. Yeah. Um, believe your, oh, that's okay. It, yeah. It's okay. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Okay. So, um, but yeah, um, I think I'm actually going to put a link or um the trailer on this uh, episode. So if you go to www.sparkin.com, you can actually see the trailer for season one on the website underneath this, which is kind of cool. Cool. Thanks. Hey, no problem. Hey, it's cool. And uh, for gaming purposes, we're currently playing with our evil DM. We're currently playing Hero for the billionth time. Will yeah. we ever be done? <laughs> yeah, I think we'll, we'll be done tomorrow, I hope. And then we can move on. Because yes. gaming is all about playing other games. And uh, as much as I like, you know, uh, uh, some of the other... 64! You know, <laughs> he- heroes, and I like uh, playing... Uh, the Werewolf was fun. Um, I Sometimes I just want a good old-fashioned city crawl or dungeon crawl or whatever you want to you know call it you know or romp through the woods with hack and slash sometimes that's the best we all want that i mean even if it was post-apocalypse hack and slash we just need something a little more violent just a little bit yeah yeah yeah. it's i mean character i want to roll dice a little more yes that's what it is it's we all want to roll dice we want to kill things more but well hopefully everything will be good by next week and if not well then well, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens if our if our benevolent uh, overlord, <laughs> I don't know, is he, is he an overlord or is he just uh, something else? I don't know. Uh, people have said, but anyway, with, this is not the gaming podcast. That's actually on once a month. So what have you been watching? Watch anything good? TV show, movies? I'm a Netflix guy right now. And between Fringe Season 4 and American Horror Story Season 1. Fringe is very fulfilling, I guess, if, you know, for, for the science uh, aspect of it. Um, I kind of already know a little too much because I've seen some trailers and stuff, so I don't, you know, I'm already kind of like, oh, man, yeah. I know some of the events that are going to happen in Season 5, and I didn't want to know. Uh, and American Horror Story right now, Season 1, I don't know. I'm 
sometimes I just have problems with the way they, they present that to you. Uh, the editing is very herky-jerky, and I know that they're trying to do it to be, you know, to keep you guessing and the, to try to put you off balance. And They're trying know. to cater to the Saw paranormal activity crowd, I, I find. Yeah, maybe. That, that's part. I mean, some of the storyline is great, but I don't know. How many times? I don't know. I, I can't see how you overlap these supernatural characters in the manner that they're doing right now. And And I know that it all goes out the window at the end of the season anyway, because I know way too much about what happens next season so you know whatever i guess it doesn't matter I'll, I'll probably be very upset at episode 12 and and just be like you know what i'm not gonna dedicate any of my time to season two i i saw bits and pieces of season one i, I didn't watch the whole season but it was it was entertaining it was something different it was something dark it's like walking dead or it's just something that's actually better than most of the crap which is on right now hmm. I mean, does uh, but are you watching anything else or that's about um, it? I mean, they watch that's, movies that's, or yeah, that's what co- comes to mind. Aside from having gone to see The Hobbit, um, I haven't really been to the movies much. Uh, nothing really draws me out uh, anymore. Um, and then we rent stuff here and there, or we just you know we just stream something off the of Netflix. Yeah. Nothing really comes to mind right now that that was like, oh man, you got to see that, or you know that was really worth seeing. Yep. I, um, for me, uh, as we know last I saw Skyfall, and I'm currently working on my James Bond, uh, marathon. I'm currently a third of the way through. So out of 23 films, I've seen maybe seven. Have you, have you, uh, am I watching have you them? reviewed any of, any of the, the Bonds Not yet? yet. No, yet. no. Dodecahedron has not let me do it yet. No, and I'm no. being good. You know, we're going to get there eventually, especially because, Someone wants to do all of them in order. I don't know why, but he in wants order. He wants to do it the best of each of the bonds in order in over uh, over a month. I think it could work because hmm. you got five bonds and you got five weeks. Could be done. But if you remember from the last episode of the Spirekin movie review, we rolled that one, that only, the Dodecahedron of movies, and it dictated on this by reviewing a movie that was made all the way back in '87. '87. That's over 20 years ago. No. No. Yeah. 23 years ago? 25. Fuck, my math sucks. <laughs> 25, <laughs> 25 years, years ago. ago. Oh, my God. Now, yeah, and... Uh, I remember this in... Th- I remember the trailers for this in, when going to theaters. I didn't... You know, I was not uh, privileged to see this, uh, you know, even uh, in commercials or anything like that. I didn't... I actually didn't see this movie until uh, the mid-90s. I didn't see this until 2000s, but I've seen the trailers and just, and I, when I worked at the movie store, I saw the, the cover all the time. I thought, oh, this movie looks awesome. It's something cool. It's something great. And then I watched them like, uh, okay. But we'll get into that in a bit. Now, um, this is directed by some guy. I don't think anyone's ever heard of him. Have you ever heard of him? <laughs> no, no. He's, he's up and comer, I think. Uh, he's, yeah, he hasn't, I think this is one of those films that he did, you know, just to try to get something out there just to try to get his name out there um he hadn't done anything really good beforehand yeah no, um, there's nothing beforehand this guy that it was ever popular i mean how he gained any sort of notoriety from this movie alone um is beyond me yes uh, uh, the this... stars aligned there was a celestial event i think the sun and the moon were in line with each other and that's ants know. were crawling over people eating people and hobos were walking the streets impaling people with bicycles right. and that made it possible for this guy to also who's apparently his pen name is martin quartermass quartermass yeah yeah actually i had heard that i, I had, had not known that, that. so that. that's his richard bachman i guess so yeah yes uh, uh since we're being facetious right. who directed it 
John Carpenter. Yes, the guy who's created some great movies. Now, I missed an opportunity to to actually meet John Carpenter when I went to L.A. in November. Oh, yeah, he was at uh, at uh, the... The Long Beach uh, Comic and Horror. He was supposed to attend, mm-hmm. but I don't know, for some reason they, you know, I, I don't know, I guess his schedule didn't work out. And uh, one of the guys working the show basically said that he went to John's house. John, because, you know, he's, he's cool with him like that. He went to John's house... He brought over some material for him to sign that was going to be brought back to the show the following day, so that they can, you know, hand it out or whatever the, you know, whatever the deal was supposed to be. But but he didn't show. Up. But he didn't show up, so I had to settle for um, another uh, older, white-haired guy uh, by the name of Lance Henriksen. So. Hey, Lance Henriksen is Lance Henriksen. Yeah, exactly. He, he's he has he's he's got his own thing. Yeah. I mean, he's not John Carpenter level, but he's a little bit better than Gary Busey. Yeah. Yeah. Because Gary Busey will sign anything. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. hey, hey, is that a hot dog? Is that a, <laughs> is, is that a hot dog? Uh, you got in your hand? Give me that. I'll sign that napkin. I'll sign the uh, the paper, the little paper boat that the hot dog is on. Just give me a Sharpie. He's coming at you with his choppers, his big teeth. I think he would have made this movie much better. <laughs> he might have been. Yeah, he, I could see I could see him uh, having been uh, the, the, uh, the other guy, the... The other girl, the other carpenter uh, go-to guy. He could have been, and he'd like, but but again, it's not. He's not acting. He just shows up on set, and they just the cameras just turn on, and yeah, he just, they just hit record, and they're just like just follow him around, and just you know whatever, just just catch it, just get two views of it, just give me a long and a, and, and a close-up of him, and that's it. I mean, like in Surviving the Game, that story about him and the bulldog, that's real. That really happens. Oh my goodness. But you know, like we said, produced by Larry J. Franco, who I idea he's just another guy who just dropped the money off yeah. and it has a pretty I wonder, good... I wonder if he's related to james franco he's a jay franco. probably he's probably because franco yeah. is i mean we could look but uh yeah. unfortunately we're not on the screen but okay so this is starring someone who's very famous yes and that's donald pleasant right another go-to guy i guess uh, uh, some of you may not know who he is he's halloween? would you say it was halloween was his quote? well i mean for me yeah yeah because he he was Dr. Um, why do I not remember his name? Uh, Loomis. Yes, he was Dr. Loomis. Right. That's where he, he is, and he's Dr. Loomis. And I'm surprised that, uh, what's his name was in? Michael Myers was not referencing this. Yeah. Dr. Loomis. And Donald Pleasant always plays the serious actor. He's either the doctor, the priest, or he's just the old guy who's there who's just going to say what's wrong and then he's freak kind out. He's typecast, yeah. Yes, but he still was a great, is, was a great yes, actor. Right. It's also starring Jameson Parker, who is a guy who has done nothing since his film. Okay. He's a yeah. background character guy. You have Victor Wong. Right. Another Carpenter go-to guy. Yes. You may know him from Big Trouble in Little China. He's Egg Shan. The priest's name is Father Loomis. Oh, man. Well, no. He's listed, he's listed here as priest. Yeah, but look over here. Wow. Yeah, true. Father Loomis. Oh, wow. Holy shit. So he's known as Father Loomis. So is he the same? Is he possibly related to Dr. Loomis? It could be. Yeah, he, it could be. Which would make sense. Or he, he just uh, he had a, he changed careers. He, uh, maybe he had a, he felt, he felt he was being drawn towards the clergy or something. After, after his failed attempts to wrangle Michael Myers, he, he uh, just gave up and was like, yeah, I'm finished. Yeah. Let me, uh... Yeah, it's just, I don't think so. But okay, so you have Victor Wong. You have Dennis Dune, also from Big Trouble in Little China. You have Susan Blackard, who's 
done nothing. Annie Marie Howard, who's done nothing. And Yen, who, besides Big Trouble in Little China, has done nothing. You have Jesse Lawrence Ferguson, who's a guy who just, who just, you know him because of his creepy fucking laugh. Yeah, I think, yeah, he, yeah, he stands out as the, the, the creepiest. I think, he, I think he probably did really well in the audition. Uh, they loved his voice. And they were like, "Wow, he just—he's just so creepy that we'll, you know, we'll give him the part of Calder because uh, he brings something, brings a creepiness." I think that they were like, "Hey, um, Keith, are you willing to do this job?" No, I'm currently working on gargoyles. Oh, um, uh, you? How you do? Okay, cool. We'll hire you because he's the poor man's Keith David. And then Peter Jason, guy with two first names. Yeah. Another go-to guy. Yes, he's in several movies, and um, also he was in uh, uh, They Live. He was in They Live as the as the leader of the resistance, and he was uh, someone else. But and finally, Alice Cooper's in this movie, uncredited, and he looks like shit in this movie. Yeah, you know how many times I saw the cover to the uh, VHS? Back, you know, back then it was VHS. Oh yeah, no. Uh, you know, like before I had the DVD player, and I would see the box cover, and I would jokingly say to my fiance or wife at the time, I'm not sure at what point. I guess it was uh, fiance maybe at that point. I was like, oh look, Alice Cooper, <laughs> and I'd laugh it off, and then you know, like turn over the box, and it's like, oh, it actually is Alice Cooper. Wow. Yeah, and it's like, and if he was actually the devil, that would have worked perfectly this movie, but no, that's not the case at all. Right. So anyway, it was filmed by, the music of course is by John Carpenter. If it's a John Carpenter movie, he's going to do the music and it's going to sound to you like Halloween. Yeah, a little help there though. It looks like Alan Howard. Yeah, um, and it was released by Universal Studios and Carolco Pictures, which no longer exists. And surprisingly, this movie, budget of $3 million, made 14 So that's a little bit of a success. Just a little bit. And it came out Halloween the weekend before. And what movie is this? This movie is Prince of Darkness. Yes, this movie is the second installment in the Apocalypse trilogy he's done. Uh, these are the most bleak and dark films he's ever done, and this one is no exception. The survival rate is like... Actually, it's not that bad. It's yeah. 4 out of 10? Considering the thing, I think... I mean, really, there's it has a zero... Percent no, that's why. Rate. That's number one. The thing is number one. The th- number. Oh, I thought I thought it was chronological, like not chronologically, but um, like I thought like in. I think in bleakness because the first one, the thing is the most bleak. This is pretty bleak, mm-hmm. and in the mouth of madness is. There's resolution in the mouth of madness. I thought like possible resolution. It's either he's crazy or the in the world already has, but everyone survives. But they're now Cthulhu monsters. Yeah, I don't really. Yeah. Now, since it's 25 years, should we spoil this movie? Is that statute of limitations? Yes, if, you haven't, if you haven't seen this movie by now, then you know, it's, you're either never going to see it, or um, you might come across... I mean, how are you going to come across this movie? I don't, even, I don't think I've ever seen it in Netflix. I don't think, it, I don't think the opportunity to stumble across this movie is going to happen. Somebody has to pop it in because they have it in their collection yeah, the only way I'll see this is if maybe on USA, but they'll be edited, and it's... Well, actually, this movie, there's nothing really to edit from, and it's not... You can see it pretty much unedited. Yeah, yeah pretty much. There's no foul language, really. There's no... There's no gratuitous gore or anything like that. Um, I mean, the, the worst they go is caca. Yeah, caca. No, I mean, the word shit is... But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not particularly gory. Uh, 
It's just uh, it's more cerebral. Yeah, cerebral. It has it has its um, it has its effects in there that kind of make it um, a bit more. I don't know. They, they, they tried. They tried to make it scary and creepy, uh, and they they tried using some devices that were. They're kind of hit or miss, maybe. Uh, I think a little more miss than hit. Um, yeah, yeah. You know what? I think I think one of the best. Uh, yeah, I think one of the best implemented tools that they used for this movie was the soundtrack and the effects that they put on people's voices. I think that's kind of yeah. Really yes. Um, but before we even get any further, um, some some of you might be wondering what is this movie about? Now, how could you sum it up in a sentence or two? Physicists, college students are asked to stop the coming of the devil. Yeah, I think that works. This is the ultimate film of science versus faith versus apparently space devil? Or sorry, extra dimensional devil? Extra dimensional, yeah, I would say extra dimensional. And then they, and, and it's in versus space Jesus? Yeah, yeah, because they, they do mention that, they do mention Jesus's. uh, Apparently an alien. Yeah, he's an alien. Yeah, he's, he's of some humanoid, some alien ancestry. Which uh, is... Hum- humanoid-like race. Yeah, so this is, if you're major Catholic, you'd be like, what the, this is a shady movie, this, that, and the other thing. If you're atheist, you'd be like, woo, proof that there's... <laughs> and if you're in the middle, you're like, what the, this is a weird movie. But, uh, as we said, yeah, long story short, it's about a bunch of, of college students who don't look like they're college students. Right. Getting, cons- getting conscripted by their their professor who worked with the Vatican at one point to check out this church where this priest died and there's a hidden room underneath the church with this giant vial of, well, ooze from Ninja Turtles, which is swirling and they're going to... toxic sludge, uh, you know. It, could, it, it also did remind me of uh, uh, some shampoos, you know, that, that had that pearlescence kind of look to it that. It looked, yes, kind of, they say it carbon dates 7 million years ago, which makes no sense, but, so they're going to examine this, and over two days, it turned into a huge horror fest, and theological debate, while homeless people bother them. Yeah, yeah. Led by Alice Cooper. Right. Uh, I know this is a very, like, what the, what, usually we'd go further into it, but that's really what the movie's about, just, it's a lot of... Surprisingly, it reminds me of a Tarantino film because there's a lot of dialogue in it and not a lot of action. Yeah, the the, the action kind of culminates at the end. There's some brief moments of it. It's not really the main focus of the movie. Um, and certainly these actors weren't... Yeah. They, yeah, they're not meant for that kind of... Uh, for that work. It's, yeah, it seems like, as we were saying earlier when we were watching it, this seems like John Carpenter was just like, Hey, uh, hey, you free today? You free tomorrow? You're free tomorrow? Hey, want to shoot a movie? And that was, and they just said, we'll figure out what we're doing as, as we're working on it. Right. And the movie's a little bit out there. It, just, it seems like it's three movies in one. One is, it's oh, it's a sci- sci-fi drama of them trying to study this mysterious um, substance and what are the effects of it. You have the romance story thrown in, which just... Right. Yeah, you got to have the love interests, uh, because, you know, otherwise, why would this guy really... I guess because you have to kind of explain, like, well, why would this guy be so upset at the end, you know, that this woman is... But that is the shortest courting period I've ever seen. It's like, hey, want to go out for coffee? Next day, they're in bed together. Yeah, I'd like to go out for coffee and something else. <laughs> I guess coffee's the code word for sex. Yeah, I guess back then, in 1987, it was. Probably. 
And I think that that, that molester mustache, the 70s remnant mustache, helped them out. Yeah, the 70s residual mustache that was scored. Yes, because you had, you had surprisingly no major characters from his, except for uh, Dennis Dung. A lot of the characters are not really mainstays. They're not main characters. They're usually B-level characters. Yeah, these are these are like people that are hired normally to be character actors. You know, and yeah. That's what they were. I guess that's what they were good at. So unfortunately, you have a bunch of stereotypes going through, and it's not the typical horror stereotypes. It's not jock, brain, stoner, virgin. I mean, right from the start, they think you know, they're all physicists. So you know, so it's kind of they're all smart. Yeah, they're all smart, intellectual, like types. Um, you have the one nerd, the one classic nerd. Yep. And uh, you know it's still the 80s because he was sporting a Sony Walkman. Yep. That just happened to be playing a Alice Cooper song when he, he bites it, when he gets impaled by a, a bike. By Alice Cooper. You by have, Alice Cooper, right. You have the stereotypical 80s guy in his 80s suit yep. who gets eaten by bugs. The women are, uh, are wearing oversized jackets with shoulder pads. And thick, thick glasses. Yeah. And lots of Aquanet in their hair. Yeah. You have... Shasta. Yes, a lot of... Sh- that's the only product you actually see in this movie is Shasta. At least they didn't go Repo Man route where it's just soda, beer, right, food, you know. Yeah, exactly. And then you have, of course, you have the priest and the physicist leader played by Victor Wong. And they constantly go back to them. It's almost like it's their movie, but then you keep going... Off do something else for a little bit, then it goes back to their conversations. Off something else, back to their conversations. And that's actually how the movie opens up, where it goes to multiple points of view. Right. And it's the credit sequence, one of the longest credit sequence I've ever seen. Yeah, nine, nine minutes, right? So. Yep. Yeah, and yeah, that was kind of weird. I was, uh, I was amazed at how long they lasted. I guess so many, uh, the other times that I've watched this movie, I was so engrossed that it never really, it never really dawned on me, like, wow, the credits are still going. Yeah, and it's done differently. It's not just, it's in the background. Literally, it's just, you see a scene, you see the title card. See a scene, credit card. See a scene? Overwhelming music, reverse scene, title card. This goes back, forth, back, forth for for nine minutes. And some of it's really good, and some of it's just, and some of the dialogue, there is no dialogue, and it's just inferred. What's going on? You have to figure out what this this mystery is about, this viscous goo. Right. And then you know, as as, you, as the movie moves along, you know, you see which characters are right. Well, this is, this guy's comic relief. Yep. Um, uh, you know, this 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 person is a red shirt. Um, you know, and, and and then there's one guy who you thinks a red shirt, and he's not a red shirt. You're like, what? Right. Well, just yeah, yeah. I guess you know your stereotypical <laughs> red shirt, but no, he doesn't end up being a uh, red shirt. So. He's the hero. Yeah. All these things going on. So what do, what do you have on your notes? Some things um, you want to bring up. You know, the one thing is. The, the celestial event that's happening. Everybody's looking up in the sky, and the main male lead, uh, you know, the, the professor, the priest, everybody's looking up in the sky, and yet nobody seems to want to mention it. Nobody thinks to mention it to each other. Like, hey, did you see that? Isn't that weird? You ever see that? Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's the the moon and the 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 moon and the sun are directly think, above each other. I think it needs to be. I think it would be addressed. These people are are intellectual enough to address it. I think the, you know they could have worked it into the dialogue and something like, uh, you know, like, hey, did you happen to catch that weird, you know, celestial event? And somebody would be like, I'm not an astronomer, I'm just a physicist, you know? Like, yeah. I don't worry about that stuff. I mean, the only time it's even slightly referenced is the beginning on the TV when they talk about the supernova and how yeah. the light comes from this yeah, he, far away. He just happens to turn the, uh, the volume up on that. At that he catches point. his eyes, he's doing his magic tricks. Yes, that, that was getting annoying. He's constantly... 
Yes, using magic tricks will, will, will get me the girl. And it gets him the girl. Most people, girls you do that to, they're like, get the fuck away from me. Oh, I thought coffee got him the girl. Coffee and magic tricks, I think. Yeah. Even the, even the creepy homeless people are staring up in the sky. Like, I mean, seriously, nobody's going to... Hey. Hello. I think the creepy homeless people... You, but you knew this song was wrong in the game. When the creepy homeless lady, she has that deep, scary voice. to be like... Yeah, her voice starts to morph into something weird. And, you know, the priest sees into the cup. And she's... It's, it's full of maggots and some weird congealed shit. And then you have... I mean, maybe nobody noticed the ant events. Because nobody yeah. actually did address it. But when you have a window full of earthworms i mean that's kind of yeah because they don't go up they earthworms don't have the 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 adhesive ability of ants or yeah i think at that point you're like you know what this is really weird maybe we should leave this environment um that's probably what i would do i wouldn't stick around well it's typical horror movie horror uh, haunted house syndrome yeah where it's okay things can't get any worse right no at the one guy, and the worst thing is the one guy who's like, yeah, I'm getting the fuck out of here. He gets killed. Right, yeah. He's like, I'm out of here. Well, the first guy leaves because he wasn't, I guess, meant to stay. That was the nerd. And then he gets impaled by Alice Cooper. The second guy... Well, first he sees the the, uh, the crucified pigeon. And you know, then he's like, oh, wow. That's really sick. Uh, well, at first he had the out, but then he said, what's that? I wouldn't be like, don't click that. <laughs> Just yeah. Left. And the second guy, he dies in the most bizarre way possible because the bugs are all over him. Then just he doesn't notice. Right, yeah, yeah. He gets distracted by the the beetles, and then he gets, uh, and then that old mother's warning about running with scissors. Well, he really, yeah, he, yeah. That reminded me a little bit of Monty Python and Holy Grail. The the whole Lancelot running towards is just yeah. like, just dun 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 dun. And that's literally it was like five minutes of just oh god the beetles, and you just see her running. Goes back to him screaming, her running, and then just her up and just stabs him with half of a half of a half pair of scissor. Yeah, yeah. How she managed to actually dismember him with half of a scissor, I'm not really sure. But hey, you know, you, sometimes you got power to of the anti whatever. You got to suspend belief a little bit, you know. Yes, and oh yes, the evil being with his giant monkey paw yeah. or or red talon legend Tim Curry hand. Right, and I wanted to mention, you know, that's some of the effects were decent you know uh mm-hmm. and like i said you know before they they, they utilize sound very effectively because you know those you know like you mentioned uh you know the the homeless lady her voice you yeah know, getting creepy and then his voice i guess i don't know whether the scabs were all in his throat and that's why it sounds all warbly and oh that oh that that is one of the better scenes that scene which is yeah where he just, just he disintegrates because you know he's well first of all he's being consumed by the beetles or something and then they they act as glue and they they're keeping him in a they, form almost and then all of a sudden they they let loose and he just kind of collapses into whatever into goo right you get- and uh, the soundtrack, of course, oh, yeah. you know, always utilized very well by John Carpenter. And then you have Creepy Calder with his laugh. You know, that's yeah. That was just he. He made because he was one of the possessors. Just was crazy. Yeah, I mean, if 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 you heard that laughter in a dark room, no. like if you were asleep and you heard that laughter coming out of your closet, you're out of there. No, you're done. You, you get the hell. Out. And, and then him your mind is broken and you leave. Yeah, and him singing. Uh, uh, what is it? What oh, Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace yeah. is just and dragging the chair. Dragging the chair. Yeah. Which he ends up utilizing to to kill himself. Yes. Well, yeah, he was dead. <laughs> right, and then uh, yeah, he was yeah. I guess he was already dead, or he was possessed, and then he died. Yes, you, you he knew he was dead, him. and then he wasn't, and then he was. I mean, right. You had a lot of interesting for for most of his films. He always has interesting ways to dispatch the protagonists, 
and this was no exception. There were some interesting ways that they went out. Mm-hmm. And then there were some things which were just really, really, like... Uh, yeah, some of them were, were very... I guess they were meant to be kind of... Uh, almost Underwhelming, com- you know, like the guy, like uh, Kevin Farley uh, getting his neck cracked by the woman. Yeah, just... <laughs> All of a sudden, it's like, oh, oh, I'm dead. You know? Oh, then, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? We can't find him. We can't find him. And he's three feet over there. Like, he's barely hidden behind, like, the chair leg or something. <laughs> he's just like... Or right. a light stand or something. It's like, okay, great. Yeah, it's like really that's not believable at all. And then, then you have the one, the the when Calder finds the girl going crazy, he's just like she's typing something, right? And then she starts typing something sinister, and he's n- just keeps reading, just. Right. Uh, oh, I'm not creeped out by this at all. Meanwhile, gonna... he, she's 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 just staring off into space and typing away, you know, at almost inhuman speed, you know. And then, uh, yeah, no, he's okay with all that. And then girl gets him from behind him. I mean, right? Yeah, you gotta, you know. I mean, yeah. I don't even know what else to say about this movie. Just it's so out there. It's just it's. The I mean, movie would end if that was us in the movie. The movie would have ended around twenty five or twenty seven minutes in because we would have been like, you know what, I'm out of here. Yeah, I would. Um, I would. I would have left and then come back with a bunch of barrels of gasoline just thrown it. You know, made Molotov cocktails and throw them in there. Just blow the shit up. Like fuck yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But, um, because it's so disjointed, it's almost because the first half is a cerebral horror movie, then it turns into the oh god, something's coming to get us. Right. Then it just becomes a, a classic kind of, uh, ghost story. You know, like yeah, I, I guess it just becomes a horror story. It just becomes you know your typical narrative in horror. Uh, you know, now there's a tangible, uh, uh you know threat antagonist you know and uh yeah and you basically like have to defeat something with superhuman powers but yet you know i, I don't know you know it's, it's one of those things where you know i normally wouldn't believe that these physicists would be able to handle handle themselves but they do uh they beat people with two by fours and that scene was just like it's like where did where are they coming from they're just you know they had him in the room all along. They just they just chose to uh, to know. let the guy freak out in the closet. And be like, get me the fuck out of here. The, one of the best scenes I feel is is when uh, the the Asian physicist is being pulled through the hole, and the <laughs> oh the, yeah the female Asian woman that was probably most likely to have been uh, mistaken for uh, no no she was Hispanic being mistaken for Asian I that, think is no, what it is yeah that's right right and but, she comes out of the hole and she is now a six foot man with a with a bad bad, bad wig on <laughs> and she's probably like about forty pounds heavier and yeah and they're beating her with you know bricks and two by fours and it's like really. Now she's just as tall as the main male lead? No. No, 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 uh, no. That's just bad. Try a little harder. John, really, you couldn't find you couldn't find another Starman. <laughs> nobody else. There was nobody else available. The funny thing was if you could see if it was Calder. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, it, it, that's an that's a, a orgasmal level of, oh, yeah, no one will notice the difference. You get a white guy, get a fat guy, get a black guy. <laughs> I, I haven't seen some... Uh, I. I I had not seen any bad insertions of stunt people since Buffy, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, they no, had some were... pretty bad moments. Like, really, you're trying to pass that that off as as, as Buffy. Buffy? No, that's, no, 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 no. Clearly, no. that's not her. I mean, I like how they did with Xander. I mean, the fact is that was it was Nicholas Brandon's twin. Right, right. 
Which that, that I thought was brilliant. It's like, yeah, Stuntman's his brother. Okay, they look great. exactly the same. Perfect. Which, uh, which, but anyway, so um, there are some just the one thing that about this movie which was a little, which would make the movie a lot better, I think, was the dream sequence because they they insert right. this dream halfway through that everyone who's by there has the same dream who was members of the Brotherhood of the Sleep, which is the group that was researching this blue this goo in this canister. Well, they, I think they were the ones charged with. Keeping it uh, uh, safe. Yes, which fails horribly, as per anything. It's once the last guy dies, then people start poking around. And then... Right, he did, I guess he didn't have the opportunity to pass on the baton or whatever. Yeah. And the guy he passes the baton to lacks in faith, which they, which is something... Well, he starts to question his faith, yeah. Yeah, which is a, which that would have been a nice examination of if they did that, but they didn't go that route. They went with the uh just... you got snippets of it in their conversation, you know, in his office, in the professor's office. You kinda you see them you know, he you see him slowly start breaking down, uh, you know, his faith is being broken because, you know, he he, he feels that, you know, the, the, the church should have been more forthcoming uh with what you know, what they knew. Uh maybe if more people had known more it would be more you know, it would be treated more seriously. Uh, Instead of it just being a myth and all the lies and things which they found from reading the translating the script and how come only this group knew and right. you had this plus you have the, the the whole dream sequence which just it's interesting and the only time you see the full dream is at the end of the movie right yeah and it's completely different than how it is the other times it's just the person mysterious figure in black figure in black figure in black then it's yeah, each, insert mysterious yeah each of the physicists that falls asleep has a segment of the dream and each successive person gets, you know, a little more, you know, information. And, you know, once again, it looked like it was shot video. Um, so it has a different look than the movie itself. Which, that works its benefit. Visually, the sound, again, you know, the sound effect put on the voice is, you know... Yeah, effective. where it's almost the Max Headroom-esque, where it's almost reverbing back and forth. Like, as I said, it's something sent from the future to the past, which is kind of cool. It's not a clear transmission. There's some static. There's some, you know, distortion, you know. So, yeah, it was a good effect. And, yeah. and you know, at the very end, you know, you get it treated to a completely different version of the dream. Because it's, it's been altered because of causality, which is a right. nice, but they don't really go into it. And I think if the movie opened up where the priest, first priest, uh, Father Loomis, had the dream, that would have helped. That would have been a better impact to lead where all this goes off. But they don't. It's just everyone who's sleeping above the house goes crazy, and then the homeless go crazy, and then just... Yeah, all the homeless in the area go, you know, go crazy. But, you know, meanwhile, none of the other residents... Uh, Notice. And then at yeah. the end, the homeless just go, okay, we just killed a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, yeah. I'm going to go eat out of that garbage can. Well, you know, the, the, our father isn't being, you know, brought forth. So, uh, you know, time to, uh, you know... Okay, time to clock out. Uh, do we get overtime for this? We've been waiting for two days. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of weird. And and I think I agree um, as far as, you know, especially, I mean, the event is happening all over the world. I mean, obviously, if the sun and the moon are aligning they sh- and, and, and the ants on the college campus are going wacky and the, there's a, a swarm of ants and, you know, on the, one of the computer screens or the, you know, the monitor backs. and Yeah, know. they could have done more to show that things were going crazy and they didn't. Now, this movie has to, as you said, you would do a remake for it. I think that this movie is ready for a remake. With today's technology, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I and I, you know, and John, if you're listening, and uh, you know, I have a production company that would be willing to take it on. Of course, you'd have to produce. So, What's the email? <laughs> uh, you could send it out to uh, lightsoutluis at gmail dot com. It'll yeah. be in the show notes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Uh, send me an email, John, and uh, you know, we'll we'll talk. Mm. 
Or, or if anyone has a lot of money. Uh, I think that you could do it probably for $5 million now. You could probably make something of the same quality. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to rely on, on a lot of CG. And in this movie, really didn't. You know, I, I, they didn't really have it at the time. Uh, it does not try. look like it doesn't look like a, th- a three million dollar movie from that period though. It does yeah. not. It looks like they did it with half the budget, and the rest was put for to buy coke. Yeah, and I think they were they 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 weren't too ambitious with you know the effects that they had going on. You know they they decayed the skin on the one woman. Uh, you know the, the the effect of him collapsing with the bugs, and you know there wasn't really anything. Uh, that they tried to do that failed miserably. The liquid they, going they, up was a nice touch. Yeah, that that you know, and that's all camera trickery. You yeah. Know? So uh, it wasn't that bad. I mean, so it worked in some respects, and then in some it didn't. Like, you know, the, the 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 water spewing out of people's mouths. That's always hard to do. You know, you can't really do that projectile vomiting without it looking like okay. Uh, the I know that it's a hose on the other side of her that I can't see that's spewing the stuff out. Or it's the reverse where it's just, they're shooting it into the mouth and then just they put it backwards. Yeah, yeah. But that never yields a good result because if you're throwing if you're putting something in somebody's mouth they usually facially they react, you know, and you can't yeah. you can't take that away because it's just it's like if, you know, like you know, you go to touch your eye, you're instinctively just going to blink because, you're, you know, it's yeah. something you can't control. So, I mean, they, they tried some camera trickery and, it, you know, it works in some spots. Um, it's kind of, it's simple stuff and they didn't really, I think they certainly didn't spend a lot of the budget on uh, on effects. No, they, uh, they concentrated on getting Donald Pleasance. Yep. Because <laughs> I'm sure he was a big chunk of the, you know. I think Donald Pleasant and Victor Wong were the two that were the most money, and then everyone else was just, yeah, we'll get you sandwiches and we'll buy you these, these the donuts that they had and all the other junk they had. Yeah, I mean, because if you're uh, a Lisa Blount, uh, you're not gonna you're not gonna say no to being in the John Carpenter movie after you know the success of Halloween and you know. Yeah, but they said, okay, 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 Lisa, we're gonna have you lay on this table for like, I don't know. 20 takes, we put more and more, make it progressively on you. Yeah. And then you act like you're a creepy demonic person who put your, who's trying to raise your father. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's nobody's going to say no to a John Carpenter film, you know, because, you know, the notoriety behind his name is going to, you know, there's a chance that, hey. I'm well, that was when he was big. Well, well, nowadays, if you say, hey, John Carpenter wants to make a movie, it's going to be like, go to Mars. Hmm. Ghost of Mars. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> or Vampire. Uh, his vampires, uh, yeah, you know, but uh, he's, but you know, but some of his sensibilities are always spot on. You know, it's just a matter of you know maybe it just wasn't the best script, uh, maybe the casting was wrong, and sometimes these things happen just because they're out of your control. You know, you're not just because you wrote the screenplay and you're the director doesn't mean you have any say in yeah, the, the casting. You if, know, if the studio wants it, they get it, right, and then exactly. they could change it. It seems almost like this was something he was just an experiment, an experimental film, which it didn't fail, but it didn't succeed either. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it might have a cult following because of you know because it's a Carpenter film, but I don't think it succeeded on the level that you know Halloween did. Obviously, you know, uh, I mean, it succeeded financially. You know, it, oh yeah, no, it, it blew- made you know four times you know what it was uh, you know what it cost to make, but uh, but still, yeah, it's not one of those. It's not. It's not a household name. You can't say Prince of Darkness to somebody, and they're going to be like, "Oh, Dracula." Yeah, no, that's yeah. what they're going to say. They're not going to yeah. say. They're not going to say, "Oh, it's the it's the monkey in the mirror." Right, right. 
Yes, and I know we don't. We're not going to spoil the ending, or but I will say that that ending was the ending was the best part of the film. Not the the, the jump scare ending was a nice touch. Yeah, we have the you have the dream sequence, and it goes into the jump scare, then it goes in that last part, and that was a John Carpenter ending, which worked. It was very um, yeah Lovecraftian almost, which had that very bleak ending where you don't know what's going to happen, and then yeah. Yeah, he just pulls away at the last minute. Yeah, and, and yeah, I thought it was a nice ending, uh, especially since uh, it, it almost kind of leaves you wanting a few more seconds. Like, if he had given us one more second, we would have known where he was going to take it. You know, like okay, if if if, if he's able t- to to you know to you know to cross that threshold, then you know something interesting. Something some you know we know where it's going, but he left it right at that last second. You don't know, so it leaves you wanting more. Yeah, it leaves you it leaves you wanting a little more. Yes, which is what the saving grace for this film, which was rather whatever. Um, now, uh, we could. Is there anything else before we get into? Uh, no, I think that you know, I think that covers it. So, um, who would you say is the MVP for the movie? Because we always have our MVP, different person. It could be the worst actor. It could be the best actor. Person who made the movie most fun, or the person who made the movie most bizarre. Um, I would have to give it to Calder because he really kind of brought a creep factor to it that was, uh, that none of the other actors were, had, you know, I guess, I mean, they, they were antagonists, but none of the women were particularly creepy, you know? And also Kevin Farley looked, he wasn't Kevin Farley, but he looked like Kevin Farley. Right. He just was like, kind of, yeah, he's kind of dopey. Um, I think, I think if, if I was going to give an MVP, uh, based solely on acting and performance I, I would probably be that guy because even the the leads were kind of oh they were a little yeah not so good i would give it to victor hong because he every movie he's in he adds a little bit of not sophistication because he looks like a little those old men who like you, you want to sit down and bullshit with for 40 minutes yeah 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 he's he just adds a little bit of levity to the film and a little bit of quirkiness, which works the film. But more importantly than that, when he's talking, he adds this. He's a physicist, but he talks like a theologist, and it adds to the film. I think, you know, in that case, the, the casting was spot on because, you know, he's a little Asian guy. And you, you kind of always think like, all right, well, you know, these guys always have wisdom to bestow on people. Now you're making him a professor. And just his, you know, his physical appearance is kind of quirky enough. Where you know, like, well, it works as a professor because you know he's kind of a little, he's a little nutty, you know, he's a little, yeah. he's a little out there, you know. So, so great casting in that regard. Yeah, this would be my MVP. Um, my worst, the the least valuable player, my LVP, is gonna go to the leads. They were terrible. I mean, it was just they had no chemistry. Mm. It was like, hey, I'm creeping out on you, my with my '70s mustache. Hey, wanna go out? I've been watching you. And I know everything about you. You're a sexist pig. Yes, I am. Yeah, yeah, that's so uh, so unrealistic. I don't know any woman that would fall for that sh- those shenanigans. And then later on, he's just like, yeah, oh. yeah. I'd I'd agree. The the leads were disappointing. They definitely could have been better. They were probably probably had very little experience. I think at this point, you know, I, I don't know. I didn't. I was impressed by them. I think they could have been cast a little bit better. They had their moments here and there where they, you know, they're like, oh, you know, I was actually. I was actually uh, believing, you know, what they were telling me. I actually was engrossed and, uh, and absorbed in the little monologue that they were spewing. But yeah, for like the most part, the monologues were great parts when they were actually reading dialogues and they were reading from the translations. 
those were good. Mm. When it was character interaction, then it just kind of... Yeah. Meh. 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 Best death scene in the movie, I'm going to go with probably... Well, the most chilling is Calder's. Because that one's just... But even though they could have stopped him, they're just like... "Eh." (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He didn't need to die. Uh, Yeah. That was... The most, uh, I think the best one was, uh, uh, running with scissors. Yeah. Into the neck. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was, you know, cause, uh, he was totally distracted. And yeah, this, that hobo woman just came out of nowhere. And he, you know. Yeah, no. Yeah, it was, it was, she had to run like about 50 yards to kill him. And, uh, know, I would have, it would have been funny if he's <laughs> freaking out and you see her running and then she stops. She goes, <laughs> <laughs> she takes a breather in <laughs> then between. She goes, then she goes, ah, then goes for it. It's just... yeah, because, you know, I don't think uh, the homeless are, well, you know, they, they, they don't really keep up on cardio. So she probably would have gotten winded. Especially on a diet of what was in the cup of worms and maggots and, and worms. Dirt. And, and congealed, um, something, something or other. Or other. I'm yeah. Not sure. Last thing before we get into the rating is, if you could, you were saying we might remake this, we have the money. Who would you cast for the characters? Well, that's a good question. Um, well, most of these actors are dead, so there's no reprising their roles. <laughs> bring bring in them back. I think the Wong is gone. Bringing them Even back. Lisa Blount is gone. You know, so. Yes, bringing them back with Necronomicon and with, with those things might work, but um, no, um... Wow, yeah, that's a good one. I'd, I'd have to dwell on that one a little bit. No, nobody came to mind immediately. I said Christopher Lee for the priest. Christopher Lee for the priest, really? Well, the first priest. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, the one that died. Or the hobo. Or the. <laughs> well, who do you? Who do you? Actually, no. Alice Cooper for the hobo would be. Alice right. Cooper could be brought back because he looks exactly the fucking yeah, same. He, he yeah. sold his soul to the devil. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. He hasn't aged. Uh, he has the same deal that uh, David Bowie has. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, that's, that's, a maybe movie. Andy Serkis for one of the, for one of the, um, but you only do that if you're going to motion capture him. No, no, no. He's done, he's done, he's, <laughs> he's done live stuff, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I haven't seen him anything. Well, I mean, aside from the bits in, you know, in the, in the lower tree. No, he was in, um, The Prestige. He was in King Kong. He was in, uh, that's right. He was in King Kong. He's one of, he's one of Peter Jackson's go to guys now, isn't he? Yes, he is. I mean, to, to the point where he's actually directing second unit. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's also in, um, what is that movie? Um, there's a movie about these two guys who end up killing a bunch of people. It's Simon Pegg and him. They're like these mass murderers. Oh, yeah. I think I heard about it. Really good movie. It's about these two guys who, back in the day, they they sell it to the doctors to get money for, you know, because they pay for the the money to to experiment on. So they end up killing people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I. But he's, I think Andy Serkis would be good as one of the, um, the students, or for the professor, maybe. Mm. I mean, I would say Mako, but Mako's dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah, he's gone too. Yeah, seriously. Uh, yeah, a lot of people. Um, maybe Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell's getting a little for who? For what role though? Mm. Just Kurt Russell being Kurt Russell. Oh man. No, uh, maybe no, just, it's the, the te- in there for. Uh, maybe it's the teacher. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. I mean, the priest. The problem is, you need a guy who could be a good enough priest to have that loss of faith and actually be believable. Yeah, yeah. And have that emotional crisis and bring it back. I mean. Harvey Keitel did an amazing job in, um, uh, from Dust Till Dawn. Yes, as the priest who lost faith and gained it back. Right. Which you wouldn't expect because it's Harvey Keitel, but right, right. You know, you need someone like that. Hmm. Yeah. Well, fans, why don't you write in? Tell us what. Yeah, you, you weigh in. Yeah, if you were if you were going to re- remake this movie and you were going to cast these these group of 
physicists and theologians and uh yeah who would you uh who would you cast in certain roles the only caveat is no robert patterson and no Duke lloyd i know you want to see him die but uh i don't think they could pass off as uh theologians or physicists i mean robert patterson's dull as a brick mm. and i have yeah. lost all most of my female fans now so um let's get to that part you're waiting for we're talking about the rating now for those who don't know we have Five ratings for each of our films. Our highest rating is going to be really, really, really fucking cool. If you don't buy this right now, your blood will dry out, your brain will freeze, and your soul will be forfeit to the ninth layer of hell, where we're forced to watch episode one for all eternity while Jar Jar Banks massages your shoulder saying, Misa love you, Misa love you. Meanwhile, green goo is poured down your throat by a woman who has bad hair and shoulder pads. Uh, next highest rating are sort of good but okay is borrow from a friend and don't return unless offered Shasta. Our middle of the ground, which is worth watching once in DVDs or in theaters, or we have our second to lowest, which is have it on in the background while surfing the internet for porn, and our finally our lowest of the low, the worst thing possible, which is protests outside your local red box so no one rents this reprehensible piece of shit. These are our ratings, and it's what you think of this film overall, how they are now. Out of our five ratings, what would you, Lou, give this? Um, I, I, you know, I actually do own this movie. So do, but even if you own it, don't. <laughs> um, if I was going to suggest, then I would probably say borrow from a friend and never return it, unless offered Shasta, mm-hmm. or unless they were going to give you something really cool and, and you know, like something that you want that you know. So you're saying it's that good? It's really that good? Yeah, yeah, I think I think I think it's definitely worth seeing. I mean, if you're a Carpenter fan, you can't not see it. You have to, uh, you know, because it 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 just shows you what he's capable of. You know, in terms of storytelling, maybe a little ambitious. You know, this one was a little ambitious. Maybe he needed a little more time, but he still pulls off a couple of cool gags. He still manages to creep you out. Yeah, um, he's got good sensibility when it comes to horror. So, um, I think it's definitely something that you would want to watch. Okay, I'm going to have to actually go a little bit lower than that. I'm not going to say it's had on the background surfing the internet for porn, but it's worth watching it once in theaters or DVD, because there are a lot of good choice moments in this film. Mm-hmm. The film quality itself is not that great. For a $3 million film, not so great. There are some grainy issues, and even for an 87 film, there are some... Like, if you look at some of the other 80s films and look at this one, it's like, this looks like it was made in 79. Yeah, or you know, and I'm, I'm, I think I'm always surprised that it's 87. I always think 83, 84 yeah. for some reason. It looks like this came before the thing when it came after the thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, the thing was you know leaps, you know leaps and bounds much better. You know. Obviously. Yes, but it's still it's worth watching, and the soundtrack is as usual. It's amazing, even though it is Casio keyboard friendly. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's John Carpenter doing his thing and making it awesome. And also, like I said, you get the return of Egg Shan and Wang Ching. Yeah. So you, you you get two of the two of the four people from and Doctor and Doctor Loomis. Doctor Loomis, who is Father also, Loomis, is Father Loomis in this movie. So you get a lot of good staple actors. But um, here's something I will say: if you are someone who's highly religious, I don't recommend this film. It's one of those. But they don't beat you over the head with it, though. They, they don't. They don't. They just they, they kind of expose you to some, you know, some some uh, different, you know, uh, philosophies. But it's nothing that they really try to. And and you know, the worst would have been a fourteen minute monologue from one of the characters, either the priest or the, the or or the professor, 
you know, kind of like, you know, really ramming it home that, you know, this is, you have to think outside the box and, you know, then, then I think it would have been a little much, but yeah. John Carpenter doesn't, he never, he just he's garnishes, take that risk. he yeah. just garnishes it a little exactly. bit. It's he just, a, that he just little peppers piece. you here and there with these moments and it's like, all right, now absorb that and now watch this guy get stabbed in the neck. Yep. And so you get the blood, you get the gore, you get a little bit of story plot and you get a terrible romance, which the only time it's believable is at the ending when the girl is dead. <laughs> right, right. Um, he left pining for her or something. Yes, and and then that ending, which actually is the best part of the film. It is a. It's not because it ends. It's just it's done so well and it's shot One so well. One of the coolest uh, coolest visuals is her just after uh, being left behind on the in the other dimension. Yeah, that, reaching for, for the threshold of the glass or whatever. I think that was you know a, a really good visual. You know, oh yeah, no, and that and it's underwater. Yeah, yeah. So that was I like that touch, but I'm still trying to figure out how they did that though. Yeah, because I mean, you the, don't see the, was her it, hair moving like it. As yeah, it shows I mean, underwater. was it on? I mean, it could have been done on the side, and then just her hair was tied or up. Maybe shot through water, like you know, the camera, then a, a tank of water. But then how they? The but how they get the floating aspect? Because she still looked like she was floating. Well, I don't think you see her feet, mm. so I think it's it's just the more more of his camera trickery. I don't think you know you don't see her feet, so you don't really know. It's just kind of, it's just blackness there. Yes. So, and know. I do have to say, his camera tricks and his signature camera scenes are done a lot in this film. You have the scenes of him shooting through a fence, through behind, uh, uh, what was it? It wasn't a portcullis. It was a mm. uh, behind a fountain. And you see a couple of other signatures of a carpenter. I- yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, he did. He, he- kind of takes you out sometimes and he gives you a voyeuristic uh, perspective, you know, like, oh, you know, what are those uh, priests talking about over there? You yeah, know? And, uh, and, and they don't tell you, you know. It's and then you're never going to know unless you, you, you read fanfics of it. You're just supposed to assume that everything that he needed to learn that he spews later on was told to him right then and there. Yep, and then, uh, well, so we've now officially done one of the three apoc- uh, of the Apocalypse trilogy. We now have The Thing and we have In the Mouth of Madness, which I think I'm I don't want to copy Paul Chapman, I don't, but I think we're going to have to do uh, Lovecraft Month. I really do. That would be pretty cool. Because you have so many good Lovecraft movies. I mean, besides the fact that you have um, Reanimator, you have Diagon, which was the Village of Inns myth, you have the actual Call of Cthulhu movie, which is a stop-motion animation. The black and white one? Yeah. Mm. Made by the, the, the Lovecraft Society? I thought that was really well done. You thought? No, because they the, the, when they show the scene of him falling through the, the the angle which doesn't exist, I thought that was brilliant. Just like ah, okay. But you have that. You have from Beyond, which was a terrible movie. You have there was um there's another one I'm forgetting. Diagon Call of Cthulhu in the Mouth of Madness, which you could count, and there's something else, but I don't know what. Right, right. But anyway. So, remember, you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spirekin.com. You can email me at spirekin at gmail.com or Facebook and leave comments or leave us notes on iTunes. And uh, You can check out Haywire, uh, the series. It's a web series on uh, haywireseries.com. Or, you know, you can go to a, uh, a cool channel called coldcast.tv. Uh, we are featured on there as well. Uh, it's just basically a channel full of uh, all their programming is web series. So, good place to see. Uh, a lot of good shows and and it's you know i think web is the you know web series are uh, you know are taking off it's the new space so you know i think it's definitely a place to visit because you might get introduced to a lot of really cool shows that you know uh you don't get the opportunity to see on big tv because uh, did you put it on cool. on hulu or or youtube also we are we are on youtube um we are on uh i think that's it yeah we're just we're hosted on our site 
the Coldcast site and YouTube. And, you know, we're basically, we kind of send people to Coldcast because, hey, every click is oh, yeah. a percentage of a penny for us. Yep. So. <laughs> and also, um, when we finally do the live stream on Ustream, uh, if you get you and uh, your cohorts want, maybe we'll do a, a live interview. Okay, cool. We'll That's get all you guys together. We get bullshit about it. We, we all watch a horror movie. Maybe we'll do, um, what's a good movie? Or what's, what's something that's comparable to that would be a good equivalent to Haywire. To right? Haywire. Uh, like and we'd said, all have fun with watching. Yeah, I think The Crazies is one of them. Uh, yeah. Some people say Groundhog's Day, but, you know, I'm not no. really... I don't really see no, that we, so we, much, No, but... we would have to do a horror movie that's just completely just out there. Yeah, let's do The Crazies, then, I guess. We do The cra- but which one? Remake or original? Um, I don't know. I... I've seen neither, so... I've the been... remake is a little more nihilistic, I think. Yeah, yeah. But, All right. But either way, so... Hmm, we, let's see now. We've done that. Oh, oh, so that part of way for what we talking about. We're talking about that one. That only. The dodecahedron of movies. Yes, the dodecahedron of movies. Except no substitute. Now, what is a dodecahedron? It's a uh, 12-sided shape. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess you, you, you guess it has to be a 3D shape yes it is it is a a dice and what we've done is we assign a movie to each of the sides and what we're gonna do is we're gonna roll that and whatever number it lands on this we're reviewing the next episode of the spark and movie review and we've got some interesting movies and we have two films two which actually we have to compare the original to the remake and some of the films are very bizarre and some are just yes yeah, so most of these are kind of bizarre actually i can't think of any one of these movies that is uh, a, a typical normal narrative i would They're say out there i would say this one is yeah that's probably the most normal out of all of them I think. and maybe yeah no i think that's out there man that's out there though yeah that's the, the, the shamanistic uh those shamanistic creatures no. oh yeah well we'll see how we're, we're gonna do so Metal let's hands might be one of the most normal ones too. Oh, oh oh with the puppet that's stoned off his mind yeah exactly <laughs> all right so let's roll into a review all right Number two. Number two. So in the next episode of the Spark and Movie Review, we're reviewing a movie starring Jeffrey Combs. And what are we talking about? We're talking about that H.P. Lovecraft movie, Reanimator. Oh, God. We were just talking about it. I guess we're going to see how that goes, but uh, whatever. But, so I guess that's it for this episode of the Spark and Movie Review. Uh, with that in mind, this is Lou Fane, and my favorite quote from the movie is... Hello. Come here, look at this. I've got a message for you, and you're not going to like it. Look at his chest. Ready for death. Oh, that, that was a very fucked up uh, <laughs> passage, even though it's done very stylistically, but also the hand missing. And this is your host, Zahn, for the Spyrokin movie review, and my favorite quote from 1987's John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness was...
for this episode. We are Gonsville. Catch you next time. And, um, later. See ya. How many of the Apocalypse Trilogy have you seen so far? Um, all of them. You've seen all three of them? Yes. Out of them, which one do you say was the best and which was the worst out of them? I mean, would this one have been the worst of the three, or would, or is this one one of the better of the three? Um, worst. Although I do, uh, I just, it's the thing that I find interesting. I like this video.
it's a it fun little sense. movie, but it is very bleak. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, still, I think the, the bleakest film they still have released is They Live. Yes, especially with that ending where you find everyone finds out that lady's like, hey, baby, what's wrong? Yeah. Well, you know, Carpenter doesn't like to do movies that leave you feeling good. You know, you don't you don't leave the theater or you don't, uh, you know, switch off the TV and feel like, oh, hey, uh, you know, I feel upbeat now. And, uh, you know, now I want to go out and, uh, you know, uh, shake hands with my fellow humans. I want to see him do a kid's movie. I think it would be interesting. I'm not sure he's capable. No, if you get an R.L. Stein movie, uh, R.L. Stein teens book. He actually wrote an adult book, by the way, recently I found out. But if you get an R.L. Stein book and you have him do it, I think it would be awesome. Uh, and not that he's not up to the challenge. I just don't know that he would find the subject matter appealing. I think he's, you know, he's one of the masters of horror for a reason. I think he's just one of those guys that says, you know... Yeah, I could do that, but you know what? I like putting together a movie that's going to creep people out or make them, you know, scared or, you know, something to that effect. He's still the ultimate in practical effects. He's the best for practical effects, hands down. Yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah, I think he embraces practical effects more so than some of the others because, uh, you know, I think there's something to be said for that art, you know, and it is an art, you know, there's a, there's a lot to be, uh, and it's starting to die out, which is sad because everyone says, Oh, we're going to do CG. We're going to do CI. But then you look at Guillermo del Toro with pants labyrinth. And that was a creepy movie. And it was done mainly with, uh, with practical effects. Yeah. I mean, Lord of the Rings for the most part was done with practical effects. The Hobbit on the other hand, you saw where they fucked up. It was the, it was the, uh, it was the non-practical effects. Yeah, and then, you know, coupled with the fact that, you know, they're shooting it in, you know, uh, the formats nowadays are, you know, they're they're not as forgiving, you know, to, you know, to sloppy work, so. No, I agree, and um, since this is thing, Aaron, since most of you are listening at this point, so The Hobbit, what do you think about the Grand Goblin, that effect? Do you think he should have done CG, or should they have done practical effects? Um... It's hard to say, because uh, I think a lot of the times when they do practical effects, uh, they can't do it on such a grand scope. Like, you you want the, the, the Grand Goblin to be huge, bigger, more menacing than the others. You know, this is why he's not one of the minions. He's one of the, you know, he's the leader. So in order to do a, a huge, large creature, sometimes it starts to look too puppety. Yeah. Um, you don't want to go with the job of the hut look. Yeah, like, um, like, uh some of the creatures from Hellboy, you know, started looking a little, once you, once the, the scope of the creature gets too big, they start looking a little weird to me. Um, and, but I do appreciate the fact that, you know, there's a guy in that 200 pound latex suit, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, but aside from that, the, the, the huge goiter or whatever that was hanging from the testicle. Was, yeah. Was, that was, was too much. Um, uh, and he was w- way too well-spoken. For a goblin. I think it kind of worked for it, especially with the fact they threw in the song as he was just leading them because he was just trying. I like that because originally it was they were going to walk down and do this song and said, you know what? No, we'll have him leading in like he's celebrating and then everything goes to hell. Even though the Wilhelm scream fucked that whole scene up. Well, they got to throw it in there. The Wilhelm scream is just one of those things that you always have to incorporate uh, into a movie because uh, it's just a nod to way back in the day of the early the you know the early days of uh, filmmaking as long as the other two do not have it and speaking of other two films uh since we are going on a little tangent um you think smog should die in two or they should do it save it for three 
No, I think I think they should save it for three. I, I think my timeline how the this how the second movie could end would be their uh, their capture at um, uh, their capture by the the elves in uh, Markwood. Well, that's right here. That's literally that's right where they're at right now. No, because they have the whole Bjorn thing. That's right. And then they have to go through the forest, get lost in the forest. They have the 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 encounter with the spiders. Um, and then after the spiders is they're 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 yes. captured by the elves, but I think they could end it there. Um, and not to use you know Star Wars the original or you know episodes four, five, and six. As we just latest. say we just say Star Wars. The, the, right. the other three don't. Okay. Uh, but not to use them as you know the you know the the, the template. But you know uh, you had you have a a positive ending for the first movie. Yep. Then you have the bleak ending for the second movie, and then a positive ending for the third. I agree. I think, though, to make it a little bit more, to go a little further, I think the bleak ending should be right when Bilbo steals the cup and Smog goes crazy. That that would that could be a good point, too. In which means Smog is also not dead. He's not dead, but it's right. now like, oh, shit, right. and have him destroy yeah. the, the entrance when they're running in there, and then they're like, oh, fuck, what do we do? Yeah. And then just leave it there. Now, what's the release date on... Uh, on the uh, same time. November next year. Oh, my God. They're going to make us wait three years to see one movie? They did it with the They did it with the other one. No, but that's not three... That wasn't... That wasn't... That was three separate movies. Three separate books. So, I'm okay with that. But one book broken into three parts and making us wait three years to see is a little ridiculous. I think what would be better would be a summer blockbuster release. You know, summer... Mm-hmm. You know, one of the summer blockbusters... And then give us the final uh, in November, in, in, in November, December. I I agree, but again, this As is logic. That's what I would want. I agree. In this film, this is the quintessential. This is the last of the major fantasy films that they're going to do right now. I mean, uh, Shannara. Apparently, I've been saying it wrong for years because the uh, bookseller told me that she talked to the writer and he he said Shannara, and the guy yelled at her for ten minutes. Terry you Brooks. Mean Yes, because that's, that's how I was pronouncing it. No, he for... he pronounced it completely differently, and he yelled at whoever said it wrong. So, but they're making a TV show out of that. Yeah, but um, okay, that's all. That's cool. But if you listen to any of the audiobooks, it's also pronounced Shanara, and you think that the author would be like, you know what? Nope, sorry, it's being put onto audio. You have to pronounce it the way I want you to. So, well, I think at this point he just he's just a bitter old man. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. But should not. Well, well, because none of his stuff has been turned into anything. He, nothing's been, nothing's been optioned. You know. Well, everything's been optioned, but they're done terribly. I mean, they want to do the magical. They want to do Magic Kingdom for sale. But you know who they want is Billy Holiday, mm. Steve Carell. Oh my goodness. As wow. a as a fat guy who buys it, no, no, no. I no. see Harrison Ford. Is it? Mm. Maybe, yeah. You know, yeah, but I mean, you have Wheel of Time was being optioned. Yeah. But that's that's never going to fucking happen. Yeah. I mean, that's 12 books, 13 books? Oh, my goodness, yeah. I couldn't see... Uh, no one would want to commit that long. I mean, a TV show, maybe. Yeah. Do it like uh, Game of Thrones, but with the Wheel of Time, which I would like actually a little bit better. Hmm. Yeah, I guess. And then what's the other one? Um, there's another fantasy book but uh i can't remember right now um that the book series that's major that they're doing uh well anyway so i guess that's it so thanks for listening to the stinger and remember kids eat your vegetables and smoke lots of pot <laughs> any last words lou uh no no all right later guys <laughs> catch you next episode 
So cool. Where is the mouse? And so I can edit this out. So this is just the stinger. So let's awesome. hear how he. Anyone in close proximity has the same dream. What is it? A secret that can no longer be kept. It started a month ago. What started? A change in the earth and the sky. His power. There's a weird locking mechanism. Looks like it can only be opened from the inside. A life form is growing out of prebiotic fluid. It's not winding down into disorder. It's self-organizing. It's becoming something. What? smaller parts could not live without the strength of the whole. They had to die, to fade away as the whole was thrown back and repelled. We're safe, but he's waiting on the other side. She died for us. Actually, the current, the so-called salary violation, 